Hey, welcome to Adventures in Lollygagging. They're currently talking about whether or not it's sufficient for Ashley to have gone on the Indiana Jones ride at Disney. Guys, I got a leave. suitable substitute of not having <laughs> I seen have to go. <laughs> any other Indiana Jones movies. So I think over the past. go ahead. Go ahead and drop it in the chat. Well, you haven't seen Indiana Jones either, so it doesn't count. <laughs> I've been on the ride, you so I count it. <laughs> you haven't seen it either? No, I haven't. I, I didn't know what that have for you two sure, been doing with I, your lives? Like, like it was a, it was a, playing <laughs> video games. That's true. <laughs> Watched a bunch of anime and stuff. So, oh, speaking of which, Long, have you seen Blue Eye Samurai on Netflix? No, I haven't heard of it. It's so yeah, good. It's good. We just watched the first episode like a day or so ago. It's really, really good. I think mm -hmm. it's the same. I think it's the same uh, studio that did uh, Arcane for League of Legends. Okay. So. Yeah, I think it's the same animation studio. So, uh, but really good first episode was great. So, looking forward to more. Anyhow, hey, we're playing Delta Green. None of that <laughs> that we just talked about has anything to do with Delta Green. Uh, but we're back. Uh, it's been a little bit of time. Uh, it's been a little over a month because some you know holiday stuff kind of jumped in the way. Uh, but we are back and uh, we are moving on from Brooklyn. We got we're going to start up a brand new chapter tonight. Uh, so this is like chapter two, in fact. So we had prologue was Hypoluxo. Chapter one was was Brooklyn. Chapter two. We'll find out shortly. You guys know what it is, but they'll find out shortly where we're going to be uh, and uh, and kind of go from there. We're also going to get to do some home scenes. So we're going to get to see uh, for the first time uh, we're really doing like uh, personal pursuits and home scenes and stuff like that, uh, which uh, which are really fun kind of. I mean, it's sort of like downtime, but it's like a between between scenario stuff. Uh, so we'll kind of get to see what happened as you, if you're watching this, you can see the overlay. Melissa has her new character ready to go. We have three returning characters, though. One of them is potentially in some very serious hot water. Another one is in some eh, tepid water uh, with work, at least. And the third one uh, got shot in the face. Uh, so there's that. Uh, also, uh, Steven did not get the memo that we were all dressing black tonight. Uh, but uh, <laughs> uh, anyhow. Anyhow, so there you go. Uh, so, uh, do we want to do? Let's do a quick, uh, quick introduction of the three returning. We'll let Melissa introduce her character later when she comes into play naturally in the course of our story. Uh, but let's do a quick little roundtable of the three. We'll start with everyone's favorite New York Italian, Luca <laughs> Dante. <laughs> go ahead, Mom. It's it's in the Inferno. <laughs> DEA agent. <laughs> I own a family pizzeria. Of course you do. <laughs> it's like it's an agent for DEA agent. God, I want to. I need to clip that. That was so funny. Oh my god. It's absolutely ridiculous. God damn it. When like, do we find out if he successfully uh, laundered <laughs> that money? Uh, that'll, eh, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. I think he actually, uh, did he fail? I can't remember if he failed. Um, I, I did fail the check. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't think he, he successfully did it. So uh, it's possible. I think I did. You, you certainly think you did, but whether or not, um, whether or not it comes into play, uh, it's not it's not going to be a, an immediate type of thing because it's going to come up in taxes and stuff like that. I was uh, going to do like luck tests to see whether or not like your family restaurants taxes just happen to get audited or something like that. So we'll see. We'll see. Um, and and for, for long, I've been messing around with the various tags on uh, 
on Twitch. And so there's two tags on Twitch for this one right now. One of them is Mama Mia. And then the next one is Here I Go Again. But whatever, it's fine. <laughs> nice. Anyhow, let's go to the bottom row. Uh, and let's meet uh, Agent Price. You see, I've, I've actually changed the overlay. So we see all our agent names and all that kind of stuff. So go ahead and introduce us to, to Vin slash Agent Price. Yeah, I'm playing uh, Vincent Palmer, uh, Agent Arnold Price. Um, I am a veteran Delta Green agent, and I was brought in to basically kick some butts and get them in line because they were really messing up. And I I couldn't believe how bad they were doing, just like touching things they shouldn't be touching and just like summoning demons that they shouldn't have any business going anywhere near. So uh, I'm here to kick butt and take names. Very nice. Very nice. Uh, Melissa and I have observed an interesting thing about your characters. Uh, so far in this Delta Green campaign. So your initial character, Declan G.W. Ellis, uh, he was, shall we call a coward? Is that, is that fair? Uh, or he was, he was risk averse, uh, and that risk averse. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a more, that's a friendly way of it. to the point where he wouldn't go help like in the fur in the, in the prologue and everything. And he was kind of avoiding doing stuff like that. He was on and overwatch. Then, that's an important job. Yeah, yeah. And then Vin comes in. And then, like, Vin's like, you know, Mr. Serious, we're getting shit done. He goes and he kicks, a, you know, uh, Luca's, Luca's brother's ass and stuff like that because he can't wait till morning. But then when he gets a tiny little cut on his cheek, uh, what does he do? He He's like, oh, I have to go to the hospital because I got, I, I, you know, I got to go to the hospital. my face. Oh, my poor face. I got a poo-poo. Okay. <laughs> if it, like, was a light shot or something, I, I would have been fine. But you don't mess with the moneymaker. Okay. <laughs> okay, mm -hmm. buddy. Okay. You should probably reduce so your charisma. Oh, so God. says the damaged veteran. We we should actually do a roll for that to see whether or not the uh No, no, we don't need to do surgery. a roll for that. I think we do. I think uh, we do. The, the scar is healed fine. You can't even tell. It's just yeah, like, I, I don't little, know. We'll we'll see. We'll we'll, we'll roll a little luck test to see. Uh, you could see have gotten the intern who didn't know what they were doing. Gosh. Just like, oh, no, we gotta, I got I to gotta go to the hospital. I know going to the hospital is dangerous and probably is probably probably a bad idea right now, especially considering everything that my previous character did. But let's go to the, let's go to the hospital. We've remarked at that. Like, did Stephen forget which character I was, was shot going? in the face? OK, <laughs> it, it makes sense to go to the hospital. Technically shot yourself in the face, but that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Finally, finally, Ashley, tell us about poor Lisa. Poor, poor Lisa. I am playing Lisa uh, Agent Weaver. She is our FEMA program manager. Oh, boy. She may still be. Who knows? Probably not. Um, she's in some hot water. She got left at the hospital and caught with um, documents pretending to be a federal agent. She tried leaving. So, yeah. 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 You know. Uh Told to Twitch, uh, Steve Buscemi and Fargo is exactly uh, is exactly what I'm thinking of when it comes to Agent Price and what happened in his face. Uh, okay, <laughs> let's hope. Let's hope. Have you seen Fargo, Ashley? Uh, I could have. All right. Let's hope. Let's hope <laughs> Agent Price doesn't <laughs> suffer the same fate as Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo. Let me check it out. Long, do you know what happened to Steve Buscemi's character in Fargo? How old is Fargo? Uh, like late 90s, maybe? Or mid, mid to late 90s? Is that right? I want to say. 
around there. Yeah, I, I think that's right. Late nineties. Yeah, um, yeah. He got stuffed into a wood chipper. Most of it. Oh, wow. interesting. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Let's get going. This is fun. Yeah, uh, Long was born in '93. All right. So he had a chance to see it again. <laughs> <laughs> again. <laughs> There are movies that were made before I was born and Melissa was born, and you still go back and watch them from time to time. Like Jaws, made in the seventies before I was born. Still hey, I saw it. Yeah, hey, there hey. we go. Okay, yeah, we played the board game too. We kicked Melissa's ass in it. That's what we did. Yeah, we did. We were you guys yeah. did. <laughs> we totally did. We totally did. <laughs> Try to be the shark. We suck. We blew her up. Uh, okay, so. Uh, I'm not going to do a full recap of uh, what's happened in, in in Brooklyn, but suffice to say, you were all called to Brooklyn in 2011, uh, and you were asked to investigate a handful of child mis- disappearances that may or may not have been unnatural and may or may not have been connected to a place called the Garrettson Mansion, which had been uh, show it has showed up at at previous times in like Delta Green files, basically, the suggesting that there's something up with it, and so uh, it was a it was a kind of a turbulent uh, investigation. Uh, in which uh, Declan G.W. Ellis, uh, while going into a green box, poked around with something he probably shouldn't and unleashed a terrible monster on New York and ended up killing a whole mess load of people. Uh, and that kind of caused a lot of ruckus, obviously, and sort of disrupted some of the uh, some of the investigation. Ultimately, you all uh, discovered that there were these strange gates or portals uh, that these what was the phrase you used, Stephen? Uh, monkey cat mages? Cat monkey mages? Cat monkey mages. Uh, yeah, monkey Sorry? sorcerers last week. And then Monkey, monkey cat sorcerers mages is my favorite. Week. Yeah. Um, we're using to travel through, into, between, something like that. Uh, and you guys wanted to figure out how to destroy them. Uh, and ultimately, you, you located two of them. Uh, one of them in the sewers, which is where a terrible fight with those monkey sorcerers took place. And a few people got injured, well, specifically Agent Price got injured. Uh, and one of them you discovered in the mansion itself. Uh, ultimately, uh, you were able to sort of um, destroy one, uh, but also then fill up a tank or fill up like a barrel of cement with the other and dump it into the East River. Uh, unfortunately, in the process at a certain point, um, Agent Aggie... Uh, she, uh, she kind of sat on the gate and was mind controlled sort of into going through it. No one knows what happened to Maggie. Unfortunately, it's literally like all of us, all of us saw it, but the the other agents have no idea. She just sort of disappeared and never returned. Uh, and, uh, and that was it. That was basically the end. Unfortunately, we ended with agent price and agent Weaver, both in the hospital, uh, where the last we saw of Agent Weaver is she tried to flash like a like a fake FBI badge and pretend to be FBI, but kind of got caught in the process uh, by a cop who uh, was sort of checking out whether it was legit. And turns out it wasn't. And, uh, and that's kind of the some of the lingering things that we left off on. All right. So we're going to pick up. Um, well, basically that roughly that same day. And we're going to start in the going to open up. So we're going to like, you know, do our classic kind of fade in uh, off of a kind of a black screen. We hear a, a periodic beep, beep, beep. That's just sort of tracking the pulse of uh, of a patient. And we are uh, we are in the Brooklyn Hospital Center. Uh, 
Uh, we see Vincent Palmer, a.k.a. Agent Price. We see him asleep uh, in his hospital bed. You can see that he's got bandages covering up one side of his face. You can see TV shine is glowing across him. Uh, in the relative dark of the room, all of it projected by this muted screen that's in the upper corner of that room. Uh, there is an excited Regis Philbin who seems to be interviewing a panel of first responders about the recent attacks in New York. And there is overlay text at the bottom of the screen that says, Suspect arrested, Dennis Khan, age 35, Queens resident, and We Store You employee. And then we kind of shift back down and we see like in the bottom left-hand corner of the screen, there's an image of a very confused and very frightened man wearing a very familiar security guard uniform. As we look back at Vin, we see that there is a hospital tray table that's sitting over top of his waist. There's about a half dozen empty jello cups that are scattered about. There's also, we now realize, a second figure in the room, a silhouetted one that sits beside the bed, fairly silent. And after a moment, we see them shift forward uh, enough so that that TV shine can reveal the partially obscured face of Ronnie Lightside. We can see his characteristic tropical shirt beneath this brown jacket, kind of like a members only style of jacket. And he drops another empty jello cup on the tray along with a, a spoon, which rattles very loudly. Uh, and then he wipes his his face with a napkin and it's at this point at the sound of the rattling of the of the spoon you wake up Vin, and there's ronnie uh looking at you and he just says i don't think they made you any prettier oh shit ronnie you ever knock no You sent me in with a bunch of rookies. They don't know shit. Yeah, but you do. So you want to explain that? And he points up to the screen where they're kind of going over the events, like this timeline of events, the attacks in this hotel, uh, explosion at like a, at a We Store You facility, guns found, all sorts of things that are kind of tying this security guard apparently to whatever went down uh, at this hotel. Looks like it's tying itself up. Oh, you think that's just happening on its own? It looks it's like goddamn, it's going to work out. It's a goddamn catastrophe, is what it was. It's cleaned up. Cleaned up. Box is relocated. The important stuff, anyway. The program wasn't happy. <laughs> Not even a little bit. Not even that much. You owe me. Shit, I ain't happy. I got shot in the face. You sent me in there with people... Only one of them even had a gun. He's the one who's throwing grenades. Are you... Are you thinking like I'm here as your fucking therapist wanting to hear how you're whining about it? You failed. You fucking failed, man. You're lucky your eyes are opening right now. You're lucky it's just one side of your face with a bullet in it. 
You sent me in at the fourth quarter down 27 points. What do you expect from me? I expect a little bit more than what you just put out. So like I said, you fucking owe me. You're going to salvage it. You're going to salvage them. <laughs> you ain't getting out. I'm pulling you back in. No more, no more little cocktails out on the coast for you. You're back in full time. Ron, you know I got a kid. I shouldn't. And if you were a better fucking agent, I damn well shouldn't know that. The point he uh, he kind of gets up, and you can hear like something crumpling as he he wedges this crumpled brown paper bag uh, beneath his armpit, and then he like reaches to the backside of the chair next to your bed, um, and he kind of like maybe your jacket's hanging there, and he digs into it, and he pulls out a pack of Morley's and a lighter, and he you know he says he's like you know what the secret to success is, Vin, and he lights up a cigarette and gives you like a beat to answer, but he kind of gets it going here and there. And he just kind of looks down at you in the middle of his hospital. <laughs> Your oxygen tank over nearby. Doesn't care. Delegation. <laughs> uh, yeah, okay. I guess that'll work. And then he drops the bag on the bed he puts your lighter and your cigarettes uh, into his pockets. I was going to say no one when to quit. And then he leaves the room and he's got like the cigarette hanging in his mouth as he goes back out into the what sounds like a fairly busy hospital hallway. So at the edge of your bed, there is this plastic brown bag. It's like a lunch bag size. It's not very big. Something like maybe from Bodega or something like that on the street. You start unraveling a little bit. And you see inside there's this big ass pack of nicotine gum. And a, and a used copy of Storm Surge by Declan G.W. Ellis. With various pages bent over. We hear a boop, boop. As the pulse rate of Agent Price starts to kick up. And then we'll fade out of that. We uh, will follow Ronnie Lightside for a moment. And we see him moving down the hallway. You see this, the brown members only jacket. We can see he's got his sort of dirty khakis on. And somehow he is walking down this hall with like smoke coming up. Everyone's moving around. No one's saying anything to him. He's just moving. And we kind of see him get on the get on an elevator move around a little bit we and then we when we the elevator opens up we hear the sound of like a, a kind of commotion happening and we look over as he gets off the elevator and we see lisa agent weaver uh is kind of face to face with these two uh these these two uniform cops one of them is pulling out their uh their handcuffs and we can kind of hear the other one reading her rights uh, and I need Agent Weaver to go ahead and roll a luck test for me, please. Oh, roll well, Ashley. Nothing you can do to this one. This is a straight flip of the coin. 50-50. 1 to 50 is good. 51 up is bad. 
Uh, do we have a button for it, or am I just doing a D100? Uh, I thought there was a button. Top not the sheet Yeah, very top at the bar of the window. There you go. Oh, perfect. Thank you. <laughs> oh, Fuck. so close. So close. Agent Weaver, you've got okay alertness, and you, you, you're kind of in a little bit of a of a state right now, and you watch as moving behind these cops, and like like slowing down for a moment just to look your way, you see the sunburn beach bum face of Ronnie Lightside. Uh, he's got his sunglasses on. He's got a cigarette that's mostly gone at this point, dangling from his mouth. Um, he pulls his glasses off for a minute. He kind of pulls it down. And he kind of looks at the cops and he looks at you. Then he looks at the cops. And then he kind of gives you a wink, puts his glasses back up, and keeps walking past. And we see the cuffs go on to Lisa Young. And we see her hauled out of the hospital at that point. Uh, and brought into custody. Okay, we will cut now over to Luca. Uh, Luca, last we saw of you, you were, I'm pretty sure you were just dumping uh, the, uh, the the barrel that had the the last of the, the gates uh, inside of it into the river. Um, and then you make it back home. We're going to kick over, and, and I'm going to let you sort of kind of describe this how you want you're you're relatively unscathed uh in the sense that you you don't have any major wounds or anything like that you haven't been shot in the face you probably got beat up a little bit but you're not too terrible and you're not arrested for impersonating a federal officer and you're not presumably dead and or stranded in an alternate dimension so by that metric you're doing pretty well so the problem is though is that maybe the next day or so, um, when you get back to work, uh, when you get whenever it is you head into the into the office, or maybe even when you're at home and you get a call waking you up, uh, your supervisor is like reaming you out. And when you make it in, you can see like there's a conference room, you see your supervisor, you see his supervisor. You see both of your partners all in the room together. You see there's a handful of files around. You see there's a screen up and it's got your file on it. It's got a list of complaints. It's got a list of things like of missed meetings, missed assignments, um, all these different kind of demerits, basically things that you didn't do. And then your supervisor like clicks one of those buttons and screen changes and you see a grainy security photo, a CCTV photograph. It, it might be you. It might not. Taking a giant freaking barrel out the back of a vehicle and dumping it over into the East River. And at one point, the face kind of turns and it and like it's still grainy. Like it's still passably maybe not you. And your supervisor looks at you and she's just. I have no words for the incompetence that I'm seeing right now. Perhaps you have some. I'm none either. I'm of a mind to just cut ties 
That's it. I, if, if, if you did one of these things and they kind of go back and they show one mistake, like a mistake out, miss testimony, miss this, miss that things that you've just like kind of slipped your mind over the past week or so, or maybe even going back even further, all the way back since like your time at Hypoluxa, right? When like you just got this haunted image that cop- suddenly pops up and all of these different things kind of popping up. Agent Inferno, you need to roll either a charisma, a pers- so to try to get back on her good graces, a persuade, or bureaucracy. It's kind of up to you here in terms of like your your strategy. Uh, persuade is like you're trying to talk yourself out of being fired and just to like a suspension or some other uh, disciplinary action. Charisma is just trying to essentially charm her and get in her good graces. Bureaucracy is like citing some arcane process thing and trying to get out of this in a technicality. So so what strategy would you take and then and give it a roll? I think persuade would be my best bet here. Okay. But maybe lighten look to get a suspension, maybe I need to get it right in the head. I can still prove okay. myself. All right. Uh persuade it is. Go ahead and give it a roll. Oh, I got a sixty I failed. I need a fifty one. Okay. Um so we'll say that there's a kind of a back and forth for a bit. Maybe one of your partners is sort of pleading your case for you. Maybe one of your other part, your other partner isn't like they're even sort of torn on this. Your, uh, your, your act, your actual boss, your supervisor, and you know the, the the supervisor above the supervisor. At a certain point, hands are waved, and they're just like, we're being looked at a little too closely these days. And after what went down in Brooklyn and the the absolute travesty in the city. We can't let people like you, people who can't pay attention, people who can't do their job, their election of duty is what led to that crazy son of a bitch from that, that storage unit going crazy and killing all those people. It's folks like you who aren't doing their job that's letting that kind of terrorism run free. I'm sorry. Dante, but you will no longer be an agent of the DEA. And like kind of fade up out of there. We see like this whole process. If you like kind of handing over like badge and gun and all that kind of stuff, uh, as you have been, um, you have effectively been fired, uh, from your job in the DEA. Um, I need you to make a sand test. This is helplessness. I'm not sure if you're immune to helplessness. Are you? No, I don't think I am. Okay, so give us a sand test. It's the first thing. All right, my sand is 26. Oh, no. Okay. Oh, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, 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 oh. I forgot how low you were. Uh, here we go. Okay. <laughs> 34, not quite. Oh. That was pretty close, honestly. Let's be honest. Yeah. One point of sanity loss is all this is. And then you need to make a charisma test for each bond. And for everyone you fail, you lose a D4. So let's go through them. Uh, and, and it's, uh, so let's go through your bonds. Let's, uh, let's go through your bonds one other time. So um, let's kind of let's, let's start with them. What do you got? Okay, I've got my family pizzeria. Okay, so that's just a straight up, um, that's just, uh, yeah, that's just a straight up charisma test. Charisma 65, 35 pests. Okay, who's next? Got my partner, DA agent Toby. That one's going to be at minus 20 because he's your, because he's an official. Yeah. 
This is all by the book, by the way. Uh, minus 20 if the bond is a colleague from the job. Okay. Wow. Uh, so we'll say maybe maybe it's the, it's the one that was trying to defend you and not the one that was sort of attacking you. So Toby, you said, is the good one? Yeah. Okay. All right. And then what else do you got? I've got mob connections to Giovanni. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I am actually going to give you plus... No, should I give you plus 20 in this? Maybe they might even be more inclined. They might be mad because I was like an inside connection they had. So like, Okay, so yeah, no, no bonus. Mm-hmm. We'll just roll it straight then. Yeah, we'll roll it straight. That makes sense. Okay. Do also best. All right. My gosh. Anybody else? That was all my three bonds. Okay, so um, so the one that you failed, uh, whoever it is that you failed, did you, wait, did you fail any? No, I didn't, I didn't fail any of the bonds. Oh, okay, great, yeah. So normal, so if he was to fail... Uh, he like you would basically lose one d four from your bond score, but because you passed them all, uh, you manage to talk like you're just they just like you enough to sort of take pity in the fact that you got fired in some particular way. Um, so I'll start. We'll start with you then, since this is sort of what ha- like you just got fired. You're uh, this is all going to be montage over the course of several weeks or months. So don't really worry about putting anything in a particular order. Uh, but I've asked. I've asked uh, Inferno, Price, and Weaver. They all get two home scenes, pursuits, considering how long it's going to be before our next um, our next case. Uh, so, what's your first one? Let's just describe one. What does what does Luca do next? I immediately go back to Jersey, Marco and I's apartment. I pack okay. up. I want to be secluded, get my own apartment, and I'm going to hole up there for a while. No real interaction. No going back home. Just be myself. Are you? Do you think you stay in the area? Do you stay like in Jersey, New York? Yeah, I'll, be, I'll still be in the area. Okay, so pretty much spending right. my time nurturing plants. So this is back to nature. Pizza. Yeah, back okay. to nature. All right. So you minimize stress and distractions and obligations. This is a sand test. Um, you automatically have to reduce one bond by one. So if you want to say your family because you're ignoring them, yeah, that's right. Um, Okay, uh, roll a sand, and this determines how much you might be able to restore. Ooh, that's a fail. Okay, so you're going to get uh, like one point of sand back with a failure. I'll take it. So, yeah, you'll take it. Okay, so we see Agent Inferno moving his stuff. Um, maybe, do you even tell Marco? Or does he just come home and see your stuff's gone? I'll leave maybe a note behind. It's like, okay. I'll be gone for a while. Make it like a work excuse, even though I just got okay. fired. Okay. And you find your own apartment. Maybe it's an apartment that's a little bit outside the city. Okay, you, maybe maybe we see like images, like a little like montage of like you going out. And maybe like there's a hike or there's woods nearby. Or maybe it's more upstate New York or something like that, where there's a little bit less city life and more and more nature life. And we'll fade out of there. And we'll kick over to we'll kick over to Agent Price. Agent Price, um, what is so? You've had your your moment. You're you're not getting out. Uh, it got so bad that you need to stay here and you need to salvage these people. Uh, so what? Once you get out of the first of all, roll a luck test to see how good your surgery was. <laughs> he hates this so much. <laughs> he hates it so bad. We were talking about it. This isn't in the rules. It's just me being. Do you get the intern? Uh, I rolled a sixty-five. 
Okay. There is going to be a scar. It is not going to be like, you know, the most hideous thing in the world, but there is going to be a noticeable scar. It is not going to be something that a person would possibly miss. Uh, so it is not a perfect, um, a perfect surgery. Uh, so every time you look into a mirror or you look into a reflective surface, you will see your failures as a, as a repair agent. So when we fade up, where do we see uh, Vin Palmer? What is he doing? What's his first home scene, home pursuit? Uh, his first home scene would actually not be at home. He would still be in New York. And he would be trying to tie up every loose end possible on this case. Um, okay. he, he just wants to do more research, uh, learn more about these monkey sorcerers, uh, probably look into Declan, uh, or storm surge. Uh, that was a pretty big clue. I think he would mm -hmm. know that Ronnie wouldn't just hand him a book for no reason. Uh, so I, I think he would just be spending his time trying to mop up, uh, the mess back there. Okay. Uh, so you're, you're basically per, uh, like kind of staying on the case. So that's Stay going to case. be a secret role. Um, all right. So let me, let me do that. Uh, is there one that's better than the other for you? Uh, you criminology is 10. Occult okay. is 40. All right. So we'll do a cult. Um, all right. Okay. Um, you dig into a few things. Declan, you mentioned that. And you hit just one dead end after the other. And it's probably um, a couple weeks, maybe even like a month or two uh, of you kind of going through finding one thing, finding the other, retracing steps from the motel where you, where you met Agent Inferno and the reference that he kind of just went out to a drugstore. You kind of started there. Maybe you found some CCTV footage. You saw the last thing you saw of him was going down into like the, the grainy footage of him going down into a parking garage and then never came out. Obviously there are, there are various cars and maybe we see this whole process of, of you kind of looking into, um, into whether or not he, you know, he was in one of those vehicles. So you never are able to kind of track any of them down. Um, you you probably start running plates and things, and almost all of them seem to be properly uh, registered to people in the area. But there's one van that that kind of catches you that's a little bit off. And as you dig into it even further, you find that the van and the plates and all that kind of stuff wound up at a chop, top chop shop somewhere in New Jersey. And it's kind of a dead end at that point. And as you're driving back to wherever it is you're staying, you hear, as you got like NPR or something on the news or on the radio, uh, and you hear a reference that apparently Declan G.W. Ellis is going to be, uh, it's going to be coming out with a new book. Uh, very, very excited. We've got uh, an advanced copy that we're going to be doing a uh, kind of an early read through of. And uh, we have, a, he did a reading for us and he did a recording. Uh, but it's going to be coming out sometime next year. And you hear her a little while later, voice comes on. You don't even know his voice, but you just hear on NPR a reading of a chapter. And uh, and that's where we fade out from there. We go back to Agent Weaver. Lisa, you, we see... Uh, 
I'm sorry. Do I get to roll my sand as well? Oh, yeah, yeah. Because there's a chance uh, of me gaining sand. Yeah, you you gain... 1d6 so, minus 3. Yeah, go ahead. So you gain 1d6 minus 3. So go ahead and give that a roll. And it's 0. <laughs> you rolled a 3. <laughs> minus 3 is 0. <laughs> it was 50-50. <laughs> okay, we'll go over towards then... As I was saying, Lisa, uh, again, all this is going to be kind of a murky time thing. So we see a whole process of Lisa getting booked, going through the whole like rigmarole, fingerprints, mugshot, central booking, all that kind of stuff. Public defender, this whole kind of process here and here and there as like they're trying to decide, like they're holding you, et cetera. They're sort of getting their, their, their issues together. You eventually get obviously like kind of out on bail and everything. And you go back, you see fighting with the, you know, with the family and everything like that. Um, and as they continue to sort of poke and prod and, and look at your case, um, we'll see whether or not they decide to ultimately, ultimately move towards prosecution. So the way it works uh, is that you are going to have to roll a luck test to see if they, ch- you know, to see basically, you know, how it kind of goes. I mean, I'm sorry, you were already arrested. So like they're, they're, they are kind of going through the case. It's just a question of how does the case progress? So you, you're ultimately they're going to have to roll a luck test, but there are things that you could potentially do to improve it from just a 50 50. Uh, and so we see this montage of your trial, you know, people showing evidence of you, this and that, the, the fake ID, we see you in the, uh, you know, we see like maybe some, some testimony coming out, doctors, nurses saying you weren't in your right mind, et cetera, et cetera. Um, you can roll a law test. Now this is a double-edged sword. Cause if you succeed, good things happen. If you fail, bad things happen. So a success on your law test will give you a plus 20 on your luck roll. Meaning you don't have to roll a 50, 50, you need to roll a 70 or under a crit on it, uh, would be a 90 or under cause you get a plus 40. However, a failure on that law roll means it's a minus 20. So now it's 30 or under, you get a roll in your luck or a fumble is minus 40, which means it's 10 or under. So you can, so it's up to you. The law test is entirely optional. If you want to keep it 50, 50, you can go for it, but uh, it's your call. It sounds like it's a, like you can testify on your own behalf and then maybe you can crumble in cross-examination. So, uh, so what does, what does Lisa have for her law test for her I law? Have, 40 stop I have, 40. And we have Is this a situation she can grab a boost? It's a skill it's a skill roll so I'm fine 50, with it. 50? Like it's, it's it, the luck the luck test she can't do it with, but the law Not luck. Yeah. yeah. Um let's do it for funsies. I'll take a boost. Okay. So and I'll do the law. Flipping a coin to flip a coin. Yeah. Flipping a coin to make the next flip Success. better. Oh, that was on a 70. It was so close. It rolled over. Okay. <laughs> I didn't watch it because I was too nervous. It, it was it was hovering on 70 and it then was. it fell over. It was okay. 39 under 50. Okay. Um so interestingly enough, like as you start to trot in these um like these various like medical professionals uh, who who sort of testify to your state of mind, you were out of it, something was going wrong. Your lawyer comes forward and, and talks about how um, like someone apparently like wants to come and sort of testify on your behalf, like that you that the that the whole thing was a joke, et cetera, et cetera. It was just 
And so you see this person you've never seen before in your life, ever. This young man, mid-20s, mm-hmm. uh, he well-dressed, he's your, defend, your, your public defender gets him kind of all nice and cleaned up. And he testifies that like these were just a joke. It was part of a Halloween thing that we were going to do because it's all like all this was happening on the cusp of September. And so we were just kind of getting this going, et cetera, et cetera. And so you can see him testifying to this. And he's saying everything with a straight face. You can, you know, the, the judge is kind of interested in this. And like, and then like, you know, there's some sort of back and forth. And again, you've never seen this person in your life. No idea who they are. Um, go ahead and roll your luck test. But here's the thing. Here's the thing, Ashley. You can actually roll it with plus 40, plus 20 for your success and plus 20 because Delta Green is secretly pulling some strings behind the scenes. Oh, shit. And I As got a Ronnie six. gave you a little wink. So. Wow. Ultimately, ultimately, you are found not guilty. Uh, Like they they, they do not continue. Like they kind of give up the the case. Uh, You are not convicted. You do not go to jail. However, this whole process, you've you've uh, you've effectively been on leave with FEMA. You haven't even really been with FEMA all that long. This has put a lot of strain uh, on your on your work there, especially since like impersonating a federal agent, that's the that's the you know the the specific mm-hmm. case against you, and like you're at FEMA, and so much like with Luca, you're going to have to you're going to get pulled in, and you're going to have to sort of talk your way out of getting fired, uh, and so we see this this similar kind of conference room, handful of folks, lawyers, HR reps, etc your supervisor kind of talking, going with you, like they're ready to kind of let you go. Like they're giving you some sort of special severance package. They're going to give you glowing reviews. They're trying to get out from under this. They just don't want to deal with it. It's too much of a headache, but at the same time, they don't want to kind of cause anything more further than that. So you get to, you have a choice. You could do charisma to try to just get back on your boss's good side and maybe just deal with a suspension or deal with some disciplinary action. You could do a persuade. If you think that you can kind of logically talk yourself into not being fired or you can again do bureaucracy if you really want to do more like a uh, some sort of like weird technical case you know technical thing in your contract or in your you know and whatever your agreement was to, to get out of being fired right now what would you like um to do? i think i'll go charisma because in my head lisa has wound up kind of being with like her actual work kind of like the personality hire okay where adding her to the group kind of helped elevates her teammates and gets them working more uh so okay so you're gonna roll charisma and i failed that's a fail that is an 84 over 70 84 over 70 so there is um there is some much discussion um there is uh you can definitely tell that your boss is doesn't feel good about it uh, they like you personally, but even though you were not found guilty, the fact that you put yourself in the, that kind of position as a you know, member of, of, of such a, an important agency like FEMA, like we, we can't we can't have people who are who are making such ridiculous mistakes. It's just it, it's it's better. You're still new. We'll give you a glowing recommendation. You might be able to find a better better work in the private sector. And eventually you are, in fact, fired. And now we, I first need a sand test for helplessness from you. 
16. Okay, so you, you you take it well. I mean, it could have been a lot worse. You could have been in jail for up to three years like that. Yeah. I looked it up. That's <laughs> what a, the max, the max uh, uh, sentence. Um, then we need to do the same thing. Charisma test for each bond. So let's go through them one by one. Okay, I have four. Okay. So first one is Jamie, my daughter. Okay, straight up, straight up charisma test. Sixty success. Okay. Um, she loves is... you. She she probably doesn't even understand what's going on. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe she was more concerned well, about the trial, but yeah. And she might be. Lisa has fallen off the bus before, and maybe she's still kind of used to it. Like Lisa being more of a present parent is more of a novelty than her being sure. absent. Okay. Uh, then Auntie who's the next Viv. one? Sixty-four success. She, which is surprising, considering she thought you were going to be moving to New York to take the new position up here. You had convinced her of that, mm-hmm. so um, I don't, I don't know exactly what. What do you think it is that made her feel like she's going to, she's willing to forgive you for all this? What do you think? Um, I think. Lisa plays kind of dirty with this and digs into her grief uh, and kind of weaponizes Auntie Viv's own grief against her into forgiving her, which is kind of awful, but Ronnie would be proud. Uh, Okay. What's the next one? And Auntie Viv is kind of awful. So (laughs) Uh, Cody, (laughs) the boyfriend. Okay. Absolutely. Uh, I'm going to say take a minus 10 on this one. I still fail. so, okay, because of the events, because of the events, and I figure things are a little already dicey. Okay, minus one d four. So roll a d four and then reduce your bond score by that amount. As you or because it happens yeah. in New York, like you basically stay yeah. in New York for a really long time. Like you have to be up there; they're not letting you leave. Uh, like just legally speaking, and then by the time like all of the trial and such is done, like. You're you're basically anchored here to a degree. Like you've maybe been living with Viv mm-hmm. and all that kind of stuff. Like it's just like you're kind of living here now, and and it's really put a strain. Like the long distance relationship maybe isn't isn't quite working out. Uh, do you have any others? Uh, I have her best friend Millie Dobbs. All right, go for it. Give the last one. Maybe we'll meet Millie at some point. Eight okay, success. Eight success. Okay, so mix back. Uh, got out of going to jail for three years, but you did lose your job. Yes. Um, and so we'll, f- we'll fade out of that and we're, we're going to cycle back. I'm sorry, Melissa. Uh, I, we're, we're going to introduce Melissa's character as we start the Ooh. next scenario, but we still got no some worries. home scenes. Uh, we're going to come. Chat. Yeah. Awesome. Uh, we're going to come back to Inferno. Uh, let's get your second home scene. What's the next thing that Inferno does, uh, or, or, you know, during this, this downtime? I would be going to the therapy. So I'd look up any recommendations nearby. Uh, Find okay. some random therapist. I found a Dr. Valerie Sinclair. Like, sounds good enough. Excellent. So Excellent. Okay. Um, so this is go to therapy. It says the systematic deconstruction of mental trauma requiring honesty and commitment. You can, can, you can potentially remove a disorder and restore sand. Um, so basically... Uh, you need to determine whether or not you're lying or telling the truth to the therapist. And that's going to sort of affect some things here. Uh, so when you go and see your, your therapy, are you telling the truth? Are you lying? 
yeah, I'm going to be telling the truth as most as I can. Like, started in Hypoluxo. I'm so afraid of water now. My partner's there. And it didn't go well. Mm-hmm. Just had the headspace I'm in. Just like paranoid all the time. I can't shower you, without having a gun and a loofah in my hand. Do you mention the hallucinations that you have from time to time of a bloated woman? Yeah, exactly. Like how I've seen this woman I rescued there. She just always appears when there's water nearby. Okay. So if the sand loss came, uh, so you're, you're, you're basically trying, so you're, you're, you're choosing truth. If your agent tells the truth, there's risks. If the sand loss came from confronting the unnatural, I decide whether the, ther- the therapist believes you or not. And they may in turn lose sanity, the therapist, from your stories. If therapist thinks the agent's stories are lies or delusions, then, there's a, then, then you would basically make a luck roll at minus 20. And if your luck roll fails, your agent gains one sand or loses one with a fumble. If the luck roll succeeds, you would gain 1d6. So I'm just going to 50-50 to see whether they believe you. Okay? So 1 to 50, they believe you. Uh, and 51 above. Uh, I rolled a 69. Nice. Uh, nice. 69. Uh, so, um, so the therapist thinks your stories are lies or delusions. And so she's... She doesn't really entertain, um, and she regularly references how these, you know, you 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 worked in a very serious job. You probably saw dead, you know, you know, dead people. You probably saw violence. This might have just been, especially what happened down in the, the you know, down at Hypoluxo. All of these things. She's trying to kind of convince you that this is just your mind trying to process trauma, trying to process grief. It's not didn't really happen. None of that really happened. There wasn't any magical craziness and this isn't some it's just a poor woman who for some reason maybe it's your guilt kind of manifesting it uh so so what you do you roll a luck uh at minus 20 so you have to get a 30 or better on 76 it's a fail <laughs> you lose one sand no and she doesn't believe you <laughs> oh no <laughs> the review said uh, she believed everyone oh Oh, let's see um let's see if your agent suffers from a disorder or critical success no there wasn't any critical success uh okay uh and i think that's i think that's it uh you do develop a bond well we'll worry about that later uh because you're not cured so i don't think that actually applies all right um, I also get to decide whether she uh, reports any of the violence and such that you described in your in your honesty uh, to the authorities and whether violence is imminent. Um, I will say the fact that you lost sanity is penalty enough. We won't push it any further. Boy, things have not gone well. This has been a bad <laughs> run of luck for you. Uh, the good what news are you is, down is that to? you're like 27? <laughs> well, 25, hopping back and forth. Like yeah, one up, went down. <laughs> so we... We see maybe Luca step out of like the therapy session, slam the door in anger, kind of move on out and like stomp down the stairs from wherever it is uh, the therapist's office was. We fade out of there. We come back again to Agent Price, to Vin. What is Vin doing now? Uh, so Vin is now back in Palm Beach, Florida, real close to Hypoluxo, Hell yeah. uh, where he is uh, taking his son out on a fishing trip. Uh, I'm attempting attempting to improve skills or stats, uh, specifically shooting for pow, like meditating, calming, you know, being out on the water, 
mind, uh, stability of mind, strength of mind. Sure. Yeah. And then okay. arguing with my son the entire time. Uh, what are you guys arguing about? Uh, he doesn't know how to fish. Um, <laughs> and it's really frustrating me. And it frustrates him because I was out of the country for most of his childhood. So I never actually taught him how to fish. Sure. So, yeah. And then uh, also, uh, I've told him that I've taken a new job and it's going to require that I start traveling again, which has always been a sore subject. Like I told him a couple years ago that I was back and I was going to really try and, you know, focus on our relationship. And then here I am saying that I'm going to get back to work. All right. So go ahead. Roll your sand test. Let me know how you do. That's not the same way. Hang right, on. You're so doing, I'm sorry, not a sand test. It's your, it's the stat how? that you wanted to improve. Yeah. Yeah. So I need to fail this to improve it. And I need That's the 45% for pow. Okay. Uh, which is a 50 exactly. Ooh, close. So you did fail. I saw a uh, zero. Okay. Yes. So 3d6. Uh, for pow, it goes up by one. Uh, oh yeah, that's right, because you're doing a stat, my bad. Uh, okay. Yeah, uh, but I also get to do a skill as well. I get to do one of each. All right. And what was so the skill? So I was hoping for the skill I could do human, like me trying to understand my son's behavior, trying to reconnect with him. Sure. Uh, yeah. That kind of thing. Is your, uh, and that's a is 10. His, is his mom in the picture? Uh. She's not with us, but she is around. Yes, uh, okay. we divorced when he was young. Yeah, uh, and I'm not convinced that uh, she hadn't met her second husband before we were divorced. What's the second husband's name? Uh, I've got it here. I don't. Uh, um, it's really hoping you pass this human role, sorry, and you. Well, he failed. He, I, I just <laughs> lost a die. No, I've got to roll Wait, for humans still. Oh, you do? Okay, sorry. Go ahead. Uh, that's an 82, so that's an easy fail. Okay. Oh. So, no, that's good. He wants to fail. That's good. Um, I get the 3d6. Oh, okay, good. Okay. Right, so he gets a 3d6. I was going to say, fork it. Which is um, 7, 12. So I like to think that as you're struggling with trying to teach him how to fish, uh, have you? did you come up with your... Uh, your your wife's husband's name? Uh, wife's no, husband's I was name? still looking for it. Sorry. Okay. I'm just going to say Ralph for now. Uh, maybe. He's yeah, let's like, go Ralph McCauley. That sounds okay. good. All right. So as you're trying to instruct him, and it's getting kind of tense and frustrating because he's doing it a different way than you're instructing him. And at a certain, and like you think, you think it's just he's, he's frustrated about like maybe failing at getting, catching fish or whatever. And you just kind of keep pestering about how to do this. You're telling him how to do it. You're doing, he's, he's doing it wrong. Do it this way. Do it this way. Do it this way. You're constantly trying to pick at it. And then finally he's just like, you know what, dad? Ralph never does this. Ralph just, Ralph is, Ralph is way better at fishing than you. And yeah. And I catch way more with him. And he just blows up at that point in your face. I go silent and I crush my beer can. <laughs> Okay. grit my teeth maybe it's still close to my scar not being fully healed so a little drop of blood comes down all right and so why don't we go fish with ralph then he can teach me how to fish and 
I think your son maybe kind of looks down for a second, sees the, the crumpled can, gets a little nervous. It's like, no, 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 this is, this is No, fine. let's bring Ralph out here. Let's get him out on the ocean. I'd love to hang out with Ralph and see how he fishes. He, he does have a better boat than this one. I get out the club for the fish. <laughs> what are you doing? I thought you were and connecting. I, just, I thought you improved your human. I thought you were I pull out to some of the fish, with the bait fish, and I just start flubbing them and putting them on hooks. Okay. <laughs> we will fade out of that father-son outing onto the ocean, and we will check back in because uh, I think that's two for Inferno. That's two for Price. And now, Ashley, you get two. Uh, so let's just do two in a row for you. What do you? Uh, what What are the two things that we'd say Lisa's doing over? I should. And I, I told you guys it's about eighteen months or so between one major scenario and the next. In this time, um, I'm going to say that it's not like you guys were never activated for Delta Green. There's been cases maybe that you've gotten pulled in on here or there, but they've ended up being. Well, I mean, I would say root, as routine as routine gets for a Delta Green case, false alarms, things like that. Nothing as as mm-hmm. sort of and, and so like every now and then over a course, every couple of months or so, you might pop in and see each other as you're called in on a case, investigate this, interrogate that, you know, uh, kind of go through some files, check some bank accounts, things like that. A lot of it's very, very mild um, for, for Delta Green standards. Uh, but in the in, in that time and also after you get out. Uh, from uh, or get out from under the, the the legal problems. What does what does Lisa do? I feel like Vincent almost shooting himself in the face, and her nearly missing her chance and her opportunity to save him really like settled somewhere awful in Lisa's uh, person, and so she kind of throws herself into self-improvement as also a way to kind of prove herself to her friends and family um, that she hasn't totally fallen off the bus, that she's not a total disappointment. Um, So she starts taking, like going to the gym daily. Uh, She's lifting weights. She's uh, building muscle she's not necessarily like focusing on cardio she's focusing on strength because if she's stronger she'll do better and um yeah so she is going to do uh improve stats okay so uh is it strength i'm sorry yeah so one of them will be strength okay uh so go ahead and roll strength strength times five Oh, and and Stephen, by the way, for every stat or skill that you that you um, uh, that you increased, you also have to reduce one bond by one. So make sure you you've done that too, because you've. Ooh. How'd you do on your? Uh, I passed script? it. Okay, that is actually not good. Yes. You want to fail this? Yes. So, we'll say you don't make the gains that you want to make. You know, you're you're going mm-hmm. like maybe you're getting in better shape. Maybe it's just helping with mental health because you're actually doing the physical. It's getting your mind off of all the nonsense that the trial was, losing a job, dealing with with Aunt Viv because you're basically living with her right now. Like gets you out of the house and helps you in that particular way. Uh, but um, but you do want to fail that test. So you actually don't get the gains that you want to get. Mm-hmm. Um, 
what would the next thing then be that Lisa would want to try to accomplish? Uh, the other, the other skill or stat. The next thing that she does is she takes a series of courses. So she takes a self-defense course mm. where it's more of like being a woman out in public, like how to defend yourself if you're apprehended and then how to notice odd behavior of the people around you and to be aware of your surroundings. So kind of like defensive driving, but IRL. Um, and then she also starts going to, I forgot what the, the, sp the sport is, but it's like where they shoot up discs and then you try and like shoot it, track it. Uh, like clay pigeon shooting. Yes. Yeah. Uh, she finds this club and that's something that she does with Aunt Viv as odd as that seems at the country club. They do clay pigeon shooting. Oh, uh, I've been to Long Island. They there's some people like that. Yep. No problem. <laughs> and, uh, so that's how she's building her alertness. I like it. Uh, go ahead and roll an alertness test as you're basically just trying to time and shoot, time and shoot. So, okay. So we're trying to, like, your reaction speed, hearing yeah. the pull and firing. Sure. Oh, my God. I got a six. Sunday Why am I rolling well when I don't want to? Uh, so well. Um, Unfortunately, like it's actually kind of like you do you do a good job, but it, it the problem is that it, it felt really easy. Like compared to crawling around in a sewer with mm -hmm. monkey sorcerers that are trying to kill you, one of your fellow agents trying to shoot himself in the face, the other poor Maggie, her skin like eating itself, like all of that, like like this is easy. This is kid stuff. You don't improve with this like this is a kid's game like jamie could do something like that she shouldn't but she could that's how easy yeah, this is kind of yeah. becoming right all right you still get one more home scene because that was all one so what is the second home scene that you would do uh the second home scene is just fulfilling her responsibilities okay so she is uh making an active like this is tied into like the clay pigeon thing she's actively working on rebuilding her relationship with aunt viv oh, uh and the trust that she's kind of broken the time that you're spending with her the fact that you yeah. sort of moved in with her sure 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 so this is a sand test <laughs> see if you can handle being around her it's basically what this sand I test fail. is uh failure adds one to the bond so you can improve your bond score by one okay um and that, so that, that just it. levels Success out because I, yeah. I lost. Did I just lose one or two from the improved skill or stats? Uh, well, no. You only you only reduce if you increase the stat or skill. And since you, Got it. you didn't, okay. you don't have to. Do it. Steven, when he did it, he he actually did increase, so he does have to Got reduce. It. Got it. Okay. Um. So, basically, everything that we all just described, all of that. Uh, took place over the course of somewhere between about 12 and 18 months. Like we're seeing these different montage, these clips, these moments. Obviously, there's plenty of other things that you all did, both in your, your real lives, but in your, your agent lives as well in that time. And when we kind of pick back up in the moment, uh, I kind of want to know where where the three of you are when and how exactly, like what are you doing, what's happening when you're activated now for a new operation. Uh, so we'll start with uh, Agent Inferno. Where, what is, where is Luca? What is he doing? 
Is he with somebody? When and how does like the activation come into play? Like how does how do they contact you? Yeah, I've been gone for about a year and a half. No real contact with my family, but I've returned back to see Marco. Just saying, I've been gone because the work called. It's been dangerous. You don't know how. It kind of followed me home. He knows about that. Sure. He's, but now we see the cricket nose. We got. He got me tickets to go to a classical concert because he knows mm-hmm. how I've been kind of leaving that on in the background. Okay. So we'll head down to the Carnegie Hall. Oh, nice little okay. concert happening later in the evening. So we'll okay. be there. Uh, and so maybe you're like sitting in the, you know, sitting in the crowd. You're the the movements have already started. Like the music is actually going off. You're sitting next to your uh, to your brother, and you feel the vibration, and maybe your phone. Is that fair? Yeah, it's a bit bit more noticeable. A fat Nokia ringtone just goes off. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. And you see, like, everybody turns with great shock in your direction. <gasps> Shh, what the fuck is wrong with you? Shh. You hear, like, you, you hear uh, an instrument just go, as somebody plays a, the note incorrectly. There's a sort of an awkward moment, and, like, Marco stares at you face red, like, bro, what the fuck, man? Turn your phone off. What's wrong with you? I gotta take this. I'm just, like, stepping over people's feet, trying to get out of the pews. What the, what, what the fuck? And he's just watching as you're leaving. And... You see um, a message. Uh, well, actually, since it's ringing, we'll say you get an automated message. Like you just hear a voice kind of come on. It feels uh, almost like a robo call. Uh, and it references uh, a gate number, basically. It's, give, it's giving you instructions. You're going to JFK and it's giving you a, like, a, like a gate number. But it's also referencing uh, like what you would know is a uh, kind of like a, a small security box, like where people put their you know, kind of like a little cubby box you can pick stuff up in and it's literally directing to it. And you can see that your flight is tonight. Like you can't even stay like you have to leave now to go get to it. And it just I'll says the preparations. And yeah. Do you, yeah, do you go back and you say anything to Marco or do you I just have to leave him another note and go again? <laughs> you leave him a note. You just go up to like somebody working. This you tell them. You tell them the seat that you're in. Like, could you just deliver this? I don't. They because they probably won't even let you back in. They're like, <laughs> sir. After what you just did, get the fuck out of here. And you write. Uh, you write a little note for your for your brother. Okay. Uh, what about Agent Price? What is he doing when uh, the and uh, how does the activation come? I think I would be on the same fishing trip with my son. Okay. And we'd be sitting there in awkward silence. Like the fight is mostly passed and we've not talked for like 20, 25 minutes. Mm-hmm. And then finally, uh, fish on and it's Chris's rod. So he gets a little bit of excitement. Dad, dad, uh, and then help, my help. phone buzzes just like a uh, second later. He's like, help. I can't pull it in. And you got like, you got your phone and the kid's calling for help. It's a big ass fish. It's like, it's like, ah, dad, what the hell? He looks over towards you and you've got your and phone. I answer out. the phone. And just like with Agent Inferno, it is a familiar, it's kind of like a robocall voice. Uh, it is giving you instructions to Palm Beach International Airport. It's giving you a specific gate number. It's giving you a location, like a draw, like a pickup location. Uh, same basic deal, just different airport. Uh, and it's letting you know where to go. And 
I hang up the phone. And the kids, the kids like, it's gone. What? And you see the, the line snap and he kind of looks over. Dad. I got to go to work and I just go and I rev up the engines. Okay. We'll fade out of there. And we go over towards Agent Weaver. We go over to Lisa. Uh, what is uh, what is she doing when the call comes? Uh, Lisa and Jamie are actually back at the New York Library. Oh, okay. And as she's kind of sitting there, uh, just watching as as Jamie's interacting with like the other kids at this like children's reading activity, um, someone walks up to her and just brusquely hands her like a packet. Uh, mm-hmm. And they tell her, you got overdue fees as they walk away. Mm-hmm. And she's like, no, I don't. But she, so she starts to open it. And, uh, and the yeah. thing is, is like, as like, as you like, tr- as you track that person and you see them turn a corner, they kind of look at you really briefly and they give you a little wink. And it is literally the same face that you saw testifying in your trial as they turn around the corner and disappear. You open it up, you see tickets uh, out of LaGuardia uh, taking you down to North Carolina. And it's, and you gotta go. Like, you gotta go. This isn't like, mm-hmm. you don't have a ton of time. And like, you can see that Jamie's like getting ready to sit down and like, like she's got like the, the story time thing that she's doing, that the, like some sort of special event, much like when you were last here with, with Maggie and everything. And like, you literally have to interrupt it. Yeah. Okay. Jamie, baby, uh, we, I'm so sorry. Uh, we gotta, I gotta go. I, I have to take you home. She looks like really sad, but dinosaurs. Fine. And you see, she gets up, she gets really silent and she, maybe she puts like these headphones on mm-hmm. and she starts listening and just completely ignoring everything you say. And as, I like to think yeah. like she has like particular songs that she listens to really loudly when she's pissed at me. And like, that's that first, first song that she clicks onto. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, um, a short time later, uh, probably hours for each of you. You're coming North Carolina is relatively equidistant, uh, between New York and Florida. In fact, so it's probably roughly, couple hours for each for each of you uh we'll say for the sake of things that you all arrive um at relatively the same time um maybe even part of it is part of your instructions are like meeting up at a like 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 you can see somebody like waiting for a sign to kind of pick you up for a for a car and like one after the other you all end up in the same area the same uh parking garage the same area where like all of these different uh like not a rental call so much as like a reserved car. And the three of you are all there with each other. Like one after the other, you show up, like you see a driver just lead you up and then like conveniently steps away. And then another driver leads you up and just conveniently steps away. Like you see your agent names on the, on the signs as you're coming down the escalators, you're seeing Inferno price Weaver, you know, that kind of stuff. And you each get in a car you can see that there's already pre-programmed into like GPS, like there's where you're supposed to go. All of that's all ready to go. Um, and we'll say that as you drive and there'll be time for you guys to chat, whatever pleasantries that you might want to do, you guys drive cut out of the scene from the arrival. When we cut back up, it is late morning and we are 
we are on the coast of North Carolina and we see your same vehicle. Um, it is a, uh, a white like Toyota Avalon, like a, like a sedan. Um, we see it pull into a spot, uh, at some kind of strip mall type place near the waterfront. Uh, not the ocean specifically, but like an intercoastal kind of thing. And you guys are, have arrived at your location and you see that there is a modest looking sign uh, up on, the, uh, up on the, the sort of the building itself. It says Gales, Bagels and Subs. And there's like a little image of a very generic looking vector for a, for a bagel. Um, you open up the door, you go inside, pretty nice looking place. You hear Yacht Rock is playing pretty loudly. There's a decent crowd of people that are lined up for their order. Some are sitting inside. There's a handful of tables and chairs and stools and things. And others are like grabbing their stuff and they're leaving. And you see groups of people going down, uh, go, you know, kind of walking down to the water. It's April, spring, 2013. And you guys look over and you see in the corner, there is Ronnie Lightside. Uh, he is away from a crowd. No one's sitting with him. Uh, he is noticeably looking out the window. He's not watching the door. He's not noticing you. You can see that his his sunglasses are kind of tucked into his collar. He's got his usual tropical shirt on. Um, and as you guys approach, you can see that he looks very, very tired. Like his dark rings under his eyes. His hair has gone fully white. So it's no longer gray. It's no longer like a, like a salt and peppery gray. It is like full blown white at this point. Uh, and it, you can tell that he probably hasn't shaved for at least a week or so. He looks he looks pretty bad. And when you guys pull out a chair to sit, he jumps and he looks as if he was genuinely surprised and didn't see you guys as you sit down. And uh, he says, uh, oh, uh, Hey, all right, uh, you're here. Okay. Um, and he kind of looks in the direction of the, the place where like they're mixing smoothies and getting orders and stuff ready every now and then you heard as like a blender goes, uh, or there's like this cacophony of someone making like a cappuccino or whatever it might be. And he's constantly like shifting and jerk, you know, jumping around here and there like a rabbit. Uh, let's just get to it. Um, and he reaches down under the de under the table and he puts on the countertop very familiar kind of expandable foldable brown file kind of slides it over towards you uh, he'll slide it towards uh, Luca uh, so he slides this in your direction how's it going Ronnie take the papers home uh, it's fine and uh, when you start going through it, um, you can see you start pulling things out. Uh, you pull out like a looks like a, a highway map, North Carolina. You can see there's a set of uh, a keys to like a deadbolt lock. Uh, and you can see there's a crumpled strip of paper that's a, sort of attached to the ring. It says number 909 on one side and on the other side. And that's like typed. And on the other side, there's handwritten coordinates. Um, like GPS coordinates written in like a very blocky script, handwriting script. Um, and then there's also like a small file, like a personnel file. You see a, a woman, um, dark hair, 
serious look. Uh, you can, it's like this medical, sort of like, like kind of medical outfit here, but you can't, you don't really get a whole lot. It just reference it. And she's like, uh, <clears throat> fourth member, uh, you're gonna, um, and he kind of points over to the map. A few hours west, uh, past Charlotte, a signal can get kind of spotty up in the hills. Uh, stop in Charlotte. That, that, that's your fourth. Numbers on the back. Uh, Tamar Fuller. Grabber. Uh, debriefer. And, and get it going. And then when he sees you kind of holding the the keys, he looks at you, Luke, uh, and he's like, uh, try not to blow that one up. All right. Anyhow, right there, and you look at the map, and there's a circle around a freaking tiny-ass town uh, well past Charlotte, <clears throat> and it says uh, Silo. And it's like it's a proverbial... Small town, like a like a melon camp song, uh, like uh, like a thousand people, that kind of thing. Census has it there around that for years now. You get the idea. Anyhow, uh, up in the hills beyond it, there's a the Bowman radar station. Where it used to be the Bowman radar station, it's something different now. Uh, it's got built back in the '60s. Got sold to uh, to March when the shit went down in the 90s and he kind of looks over towards Vin when he says that and uh, they transferred it to one of its subsidiaries Daedalus Engineering about five years ago now they uh, Daedalus they keep a base there by all accounts small staff etc mundane stuff they say they say now here's the thing might not be so mundane. Yeah, program friendly. Logged a few dozen reports here or there, and strange things with the weather. Yeah, I know a couple of you have some experience with some strange weather. Sudden, violent windstorms just seem to crop up out of nowhere. We ain't talking like, we ain't talking like tornadoes. We're talking like proper storms. Um, a lot of them reports and you can he's kind of pointing to them and you can see like there's a file just kind of going through like everything he's saying he's just sort of summarizing it for you uh, blood curdling howls that seem to echo against the wind whatever the fuck that means anyhow locals are spooked um, damaged buildings left and right tearing up fields and trees the thing is town like this when they get spooked, this small, this old, all manner of history, superstition, stir up. They're godly folk. Uh, more churches than bars. You can get my get my meaning. And uh, apparently, some of the old timers have been making up all sorts of fancy tales, witches, demons, that sort of thing. And he just kind of shrugs. Uh, and you see him kind of fidget for a little bit, and then he jerks his head again. This time, like, towards the door. But you notice that the door doesn't open, hasn't closed, it's just sort of there. And then he kind of looks back at you guys. Like I said, uh, they're godly folk. So, Operation Carthage Angler. Proceed to Silo, 
investigate recent occurrences, mystery sounds, anomalous weather shifts. Determine their source. If you deem the sources, he just kind of like, kind of yawns a bit and like rubs his eyes. If you deem the sources unnatural, execute with extreme prejudice and uh, conjure a compelling cover story. That sort of thing. Small town. So, have fun. Alright, y'all. It's a long drive. Takes 74 for a while. Cut on over, you'll get Charlotte. And then it's just back roads. Up in the hills. Y'all got questions or something? We have a vehicle. You should have the Avalon, right? We got you all squared at the at the airport. Just take that one. This fooler, other... she a newbie? No. No. I figure uh, you all have a tendency to get yourselves in a little bit of trouble every now and then. She's a doctor or something like that. I think she's better with the dead folk than she is with the living, but. She knows her shit. Nothing to worry about. Anything else? You all good, Ron? You seem a little out of sorts. Uh, busy. Uh, just didn't get a lot of sleep. That's all. Um, Rolly, what's your human at? Your yours is pretty high. Twenty-two right? now. Twenty-two. Agent in front of yours is pretty high. <laughs> Um, I would say both of you, uh, and what is Lisa at human? She's, uh, she's 40. She's not, I'm sorry. She's 30, right? She's 30. All three of you are high enough in human to recognize he is tired. He seems particularly fidgety and kind of paranoid. You've seen him jerk his head more than once. Uh, sometimes it's towards the people behind the counter fixing food. Sometimes it's towards the door. Like, inexplicably like if sometimes it makes sense because there's a noise but it's weird for him to be so jumpy he's usually pretty chill and sometimes is over towards the door and there's like no one coming in or out and you notice that he also missed a button uh when he was buttoning up his shirt uh he definitely seems um out of sorts tired uh he is a he has his you don't really know anything about him vin like he you he knows a little bit about you all you really know about him is he he always he's a reader. He reads a lot. That's probably it. Like like maybe you went maybe back in the day when you were on a mission or two together in prior times, like you always saw him with a book. Um like he always had it with him. Like if you guys were on a plane, traveling somewhere or in a car, like he always was reading something. So he's always he's always an avid reader. And like never talks about his personal life, never talked about anything like that, none of that kind of stuff. Um, but he's always professional in that he gets the job done, but he's been, but he's kind of like a very kind of relaxed, kind of chill dude. And yeah, this is, this is, this, this is, he's, he seemed pretty haggard by comparison. I want to push it. I, I, I also wouldn't know that he, doesn't exactly share much. So if he's not going to say it, I'm not going to press. 
Yeah. Uh, and the other thing I would actually give to Inferno, because he's just pretty high, you, you see him sort of rubbing his chest a lot. Kind of like where that messed up button is. But you see him just sort of rubbing it every now and then. That is yawning. You all better get going. Uh, there's some storms a-brewing. Real ones, I suppose. And, uh, better get to move on. We'll take it from here. All right. Oh, yeah, right. And he kind of gets up and he starts to leave. Um, and then, like, one last time, he kind of, like, stops for a moment at the door. Kind of looks at the handle briefly. And then he, like, kind of looks up at the reflection in the glass. Kind of shakes his head. And then he opens the door and he leaves. So, um, what do you guys do? The three of you. Say we head to Silo. Start the drive, and then we start digging through the file. Okay. Um, all right. So three of you get back in your Toyota Avalon. It's a big old ugly sedan. Uh, and you start <laughs> heading west. And you are kind of flipping through the file. Uh, there's not a ton. Um, it's, again, very small town. Uh, in terms of law enforcement, there's a constable, Clayton Harrow. Seems to be the only one there. Uh, near in retirement, he's kind of like the primary guy. Um, there's when you're kind of going through, uh, any sort of like recent history, like there's no, there's like no, no major crime there, like little odds and ends here and there, like no one there with like some severe criminal past, like a, usually like a DUI or something like that, or some kind of, you know, fight outside of a bar here and there. Um, so he, he, he was the only, he's the only law enforcement that's referenced. Um, a couple churches, like you mentioned, uh, but again, nothing like out of the ordinary, all of it's either like non-denominational Presbyterian, that kind of stuff. Um, and then there's, there's like a handful of, like, there's not really anything there that's of, of like great significance, like in terms of, um, uh, of like chain businesses, everything seems to be fairly local. Um, you, you are in a car and you could go ahead and sort of search some stuff. So if anybody wants to make a quick roll here, uh, to just sort of get on the old interwebs, see if you can find any kind of random stuff, you're welcome to give a roll. Um, computers is fine. Or, um, even just a, even just an int test would be fine. I'll attempt computers. Yeah, go for it. And fail. Okay. Uh, And then, yeah. And then anyone else can, and if you wanted to, if anyone has like three of you, uh, I think you have history too, Lisa. You have history of 40. Okay. Yeah. What, what you'll notice um, is that there's kind of reference at one point, like you find like this random old blog, like literally like old internet type blog, like GeoCities, you know, kind of uh, angel fire days. Like it's, it's really old thing. It's just like this. Uh, it's a website that has to do with just like these random, like random stories about witches and things like that and blogs and stuff. And there's, and then the name silo North Carolina pops up and it, uh, and seems to have this, this poorly proofread uh, random blog that somebody posted years ago, 20 plus years ago. Or not even 20 plus. I'd say probably 
15, 10, 10 or 15, considering it's 2013. And it just pops up and it just references a, um, a witch, a, someone who was accused of being a witch by the name of Cassidy Crawford. Uh, and how it's like, it's like you get the sense it's maybe like a, like a high school project or something. And it's just sort of like this grouping of these different like uh, superstitions in the area, uh, North Carolina, South Carolina, Appalachian areas, that kind of stuff. And uh, it just sort of references that and how, you know, just a, just a basic reference. Uh, and with a, without the past and the int, that's, uh, that's probably all you would get. Um, would we say Inferno's driving? Prices, yeah, I would take Weaver in the back. Okay, okay. Because um, I know if you're going through stuff. All right. So at one point, um, the strangest thing kind of happens, Agent Price, uh, as you're on the road. You hear, you guys maybe have the radio on or just local news or whatever it might be, NPR, that kind of stuff. You hear the, uh, the, the radio crackle, Vin. And then suddenly you hear the sound of, Sort of a that 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 smooth kind of NPR presentation, like the over compressed audio, and someone's voice comes on, and and it's saying, "Oh, we have a brand new wonderful feature today. We got a we have a delight for you all. We have an interview with the reclusive author Declan G W Ellis about uh, his new novel in the Storm Surge series, Red Water Rising." Uh, which is uh, already New York Times bestseller, uh, and you can you can he you can hear like this summary of it, right? And the radio is just kind of talking and talking and talking, and it's talking about like a flood, something in the sewers of New York, the East River stuff coming up, like also like it it has this tinge, right? And right as the first question is asked, right as the interviewer, she's like. Mr. Ellis, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you so much. We're just going to get right into it. Uh, a lot of people say about your work that um, it is uh, uh, it is equal parts uh, is equal parts supernatural and strange and weird and otherworldly, but also peculiarly grounded in a in a way that suggests like some semblance of reality. And like, so I, I know this is this is just sort of a, a sophomore kind of question, but but where do you get your inspiration? And right as you hear like the throat clearing of a man about to answer a question, the radio starts starts to break up and you don't hear the voice at all. And it just eventually becomes this strange static and then overlapping on top of it, some kind of country music station comes in and you just hear like, like a John Denver kind of song, come on country roads, take me home. And then it just, it sort of bleeds on out. I need the three of you, because all of you can hear this. Three of you, go ahead and roll. Uh, actually, no, only only Agent Price, in fact, because this happened to you. Two of you are okay for now, but Agent Price, go ahead and roll a sand test. All right. Uh, and as I'm losing my sanity, I'll try to change the radio to try and find that sure. station again. Sure, sure, sure. Uh, Thirteen under thirty-nine. Okay, take one point of sand loss, as that was. Well, that was that was fairly strange timing of it all. Like it's kind of really peculiar. You did do some sort of pursuit with this, but nonetheless, it was uh, it was all right. Uh, it was like 
like you're you're keeping it together uh, i'll say inferno and weaver like you hear it you hear a reference to declan like this is the first time you've heard of it maybe um i'm not sure if anyone does anything with that but like but you you all three of you did hear that happen declan you got out thought Vin said they killed him. <laughs> I never said he I never said that. You were very emphatic that he was terminated. <laughs> I said he was out of the group. I thought the only way he got out of this was in a body bag. I got out once before. Really? And they pulled me back in. I'm oh, sorry, I couldn't resist. She's not going to get that <laughs> reference. <laughs> so, as you guys are talking, he's like, get out different ways. I thought that was the only way you got out. Lisa, you you see like a billboard along the side, and you just see like this, you know, this big kind of maroon colored billboard that seems to, when you look at it, it's Arby's maybe? You're not sure? But as you're like watching it pass, and you're tracking it to, well, let's say you're in the backseat and, and you look right out your side window, you see a reflection in the window and you see this haggard, wet face of Agent Aggie staring at you. And she goes, <gasps> go ahead and roll sand. Oh, gosh, that is a failure. 82 uh, or 38. Okay. Or that's not me. That was your computer science. I, don't, I didn't see a new roll come through for you. No, I it was Vin, apparently. Yeah. I yeah, clicked on that. Oh, you succeeded. It was your skill. You were just clicking on my token by accident. Yeah, I clicked your token on the thing. I don't see so I have a zero target. in computer science, so yeah, yeah that's yours. My actual target's 59. Okay, 3,159. Take one point yeah. of sand. Yeah, just, you kind of jerk really fast. Oops. And then it's immediately gone. Like, you look back and it's just... I like to think she, your... like, jerks and she kind of headbutts the window. And then... Okay. You, you jerk towards it? Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, she's Try trying to, to get a better Aggie. look. Okay. All right. We will fade out of there as we kind of just sort of pull back we see the car driving on the road we see some rain start to fall eventually we see some signs nearing charlotte here and there and we're gonna cut and when we come back up where are we melissa who do we see what's going on describe it for us yeah so you're seeing this kind of slightly um kind of suburban park type area and so you see a, a woman who's got kind of a very nice kind of camera around her neck um and she's got kind of a young girl with her um and they both have kind of very dark features kind of dark hair brown eyes kind of round faces um and it's april and it's kind of like springtime flower season. And so you see that the, you know, kind of the older woman is, you know, kind of 
upper mid forties and you just see her kind of pointing to different flowers and kind of naming them. And then you see kind of getting the camera out and kind of taking pictures and um, kind of showing this photography. And so that's where you see uh, agent uh, Tamara Fuller and her daughter, Lainey. And it's around this time where your phone goes off. Uh, like whether it's a, it's up to you, whether it's like a buzz in your pocket or whether it's a ring uh, with your phone. Yeah, it's a, it's a little push notification. Um, okay. and it's, it's an email that's come through. Okay. Um, and the, the email is from a, um, the, it's called, it's a newsletter for the Charlotte Shutterbugs. Um, which it's supposedly kind of a photography, uh, newsletter. Um, but it is not an actual group. Um, and so that's how she gets her sort of notifications. And you see it pops up and it says, um, it gives you a location, uh, like, um, like a big public place. So like a, like a Bass Pro Shop or something like that. Right. Um, and it has that, uh, gives you like basic address and it gives you three hours. Like it literally says three hours. So it would be like like one o'clock, one PM, two PM, something like that. And so she kind of looks at it um and just kinda looks down and just kinda says like, All right, Lady, um, I, I think we I think we got some good shots for today. I, I think that we got some got some lilacs and we got a couple daffodils. I think we I think we did a pretty good job. I think we might need to maybe get you back to the house and uh, get some lunch. What? No, wait. What? No, you said we we don't gotta go back. We got plenty of time. Yeah, that that's what I that's what I thought too. Um, but you know what? I, I think I think we did good. We don't want to you know kind of get everything everything today. Like next next weekend, we'll what? come back out again. You're quitting. I, mommy needs to, uh, needs to get some lunch. I, I, I didn't actually, I didn't realize I skipped breakfast. I think we need to get some food. She kind of so holds her hand out. She just, you see a, a look not unlike we saw in Jamie Young comes over her face. Uh, how old did you say she is? Uh, she's like nine. Oh, she ain't going to grab your hand uh, at that point then. <laughs> And she will, in a huff, she'll start walking in front of you, like, much faster. And, like, she's kind of outpacing you towards the car at that point. Uh, like, and like, you can tell, like, she's in a mood. Um, we see montage of you kind of going home. We see making, you know, lunch for you and her. Um, is is Agent Fuller, does she, is it just the two of you? Do you, do you have a spouse? Uh, do you have anyone else living with you? Uh, so we have, uh, we live in the same house as, uh, my parents. Uh, so like that's who she will leave her with, um, once she leaves. So it's, uh, um, Papa Woody and Nana Camille are the two. Okay. And so are they accustomed to you leaving, uh, when you're called away? Like, do they regularly, um... Like the, the, they're the use you just suddenly having to go away. Um, yeah, she is a damaged veteran, so that's it's a thing that um, has happened. Um, they will 
sometimes they've made their own plans and so then it's inconvenient for them. Um, and so it seems like she's just quite selfish in that, but they're pretty used to being kind of babysitters. And I just rolled a 50, 50. I wanted to see which one of your parents was going to be supportive and which was not, uh, the father sure. is not going to be supportive. And so he's going to like, as you're saying, you're going by and all that kind of stuff. Your mother is just like, Oh, no problem. Girl time. She kind of gets your, you know, and she gets your, your daughter and the two of them are like kind of going through looking at like, what did you take pictures of today? And like, they're kind of, and she's like, your kid is, knows exactly how to like load it up on like the laptop and stuff. And you start kind of digitally uploading pictures. It's 2013. So it's like, you're literally yeah, like yeah, taking yeah, like yeah. the yeah. little card and hooking yep. it up and everything going through the whole process. And like you're packing, you maybe maybe you even have a go bag. I mean, you're a Delta Green agent, you probably would know. But when yeah. like when you start moving back out of your room to go up to the front door, like you think maybe you're in the clear, but then you just hear <clears throat> and there's your dad behind you, disapproving face. And he's just you're just going to leave just like that. Oh uh, we yeah, you know. Things happen, just you, you know. Your mother, did you see what she even made? She made a cake. Just going to. Oh, Lainey's going to love that. It's going to be so, so delicious. It was oh. for you, not for Lainey. Oh, well, you know, um, and she'll kind of pat her belly a little bit. Uh, you know, it kind of should be kind of cut down anyway. It's, it's, it's okay. It just sort of shakes his head at you. You should be raising your child. We shouldn't be. And he turns around. But go. Yep, yep. Thanks, Dad. And then a little while later, we see you uh, basically outside this big Bass Pro shop, this, uh, you know, like a sporting goods store, basically, outdoorsman store. We see you're kind of waiting out there, and we see a Toyota Avalon white Toyota Lemon, let's start driving past the three of you. You have a picture, a photo, and you see the woman that you're supposed to pick up standing uh, right there on the counter. She's kind of got her phone up, makes look, make, looks like she's on her phone and she's sort of standing there here and there. How does this, how does, how, what happens? Who, who speaks up first? What, what, what goes out? What does this look like? Uh, didn't he say that we had her number in the file? Yeah. You have a you have a number for it. so like I'm always assuming that when you guys are contacted, you're not contacted necessarily on your rear real phones. You probably have like right, 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 right. Phone burners. Yeah. yeah. So uh, Lisa, as we're pulling up to like the location, uh, we'll dial and um, give her a description of the car. Uh, and then as we pull up, Lisa's in the back, so she opens the door and then she scooches over, so she can come sit in. And on the phone, it would have just been a, mm-hmm, yep, got it, mm-hmm, thanks. And then so she's going to kind of see see the car, but she does, like, you'll actually sort of see her sort of, like, disappear. Like, she was waiting by the, the counter so that she could see, and then you just sort of see her disappear and sort of go off in a different direction, mm-hmm. as if there's, like, something else that she's looking at. And then she circles around and comes back and gets in the car okay so all four of you are in the car uh inferno's driving vin has the window down smoking a morley it's very it smells like cigarettes in there 
Agent Fuller. Like, it's just reeks of it. And, and she'll just kind of get in the car and she'll be like, those will kill you, you know. Could, could die worse. For sure. Right. Uh, and she'll just kind of do a little, you know, kind of half salute, half wave um, mm -hmm. fuller. I don't really turn around, but I do offer uh, the pack of cigarettes to her. <laughs> okay. No, thanks. God, that would have been hilarious if you actually took one. <laughs> Such an right. opportunity. You should have taken it. I grab one instead. <laughs> she reaches across. Inferno. And she kind of raises an eyebrow a little bit. Looks over to the woman that opened the door for her. Uh, Weaver. Okay. And that's when she scoots over <laughs> towards like the middle seat because she's got the file. <laughs> okay. Oh, God. Flops and it down. Yeah. Starts briefing. Yeah. Okay. And so that whole brief that you kind of kind of gone through this, that going over the issues, uh, the location, the damage, the reports coming in from a Delta Green friendly, the weather patterns, the old radar station that who knows the the local lore about a witch or a demon or some stuff, all that kind of stuff, reference to a local law enforcement officer, all of that you kind of go through here and there and you all continue driving um, eventually. Uh, well, we don't have to play out the whole drive, um, but we'll assume that whatever, whatever it is that, that like you have kind of the basic file down and there's not a whole lot again, cause it's not a big town. It's a very small town. Um, Fuller, you're based out of Charlotte. It's, it's, you know, it's unlikely you probably know about this particular small towns, you know, who knows, but I will sure, say sure. if you want to roll, if you want to roll a luck test, uh, go ahead and roll a luck test and maybe you just happen to have heard about it at some point. Which is fine. Ninety-one. Nope. Okay, yeah. So you have you haven't heard of this <laughs> no. particular town. No problem. Eventually, though, you guys, uh, we'll say middle of the afternoon, three, four o'clock in the afternoon. You're you're driving out of Charlotte. the The weather has calmed. It's been kind of smooth sailing uh, between Charlotte and Silo. You start feeling the elevation kick in, taking these back roads here and there. You start noticing your sort of your GPS, your, your locator stuff is, it's kind of starting to get confused here and there as like the major highways are starting to drift further and further away. As you take one kind of road off that way, one road off this way, climb here, circle back it, you're getting, you're getting a very clear sense that you are, you are not near big city. You haven't seen a tall building in who knows how long, lots of undulating, um, kind of farmland or, or you see, you know, various animals grazing, such like that sheep, cow, etc. And eventually you see as you start pulling in uh, down this, uh, it's effectively a two lane road, uh, but there are like occasionally like a turn off here or turn off there. Uh, it's a, it's a two lane road. It's, it's very uh, kind of fenced in by forest, by woods. Uh, you see a sign uh, that says, welcome to silo. And it is extremely plain looking. Like there's really nothing to do with it. Uh, but it says, welcome to silo. And it says population 1018. And it's like this green generic sign, like a street sign. There's no, uh, there's no fanfare. There's no decoration. There's, there's nothing to suggest like that. There is a, like a particular town theme. 
Um, you start, you continue past, and you realize that you are in what most likely for a town of this size is like the town center. And like you pass by, you see like a diner. There's like Mabel's. You can see like this this diner off to the off to your left. You can see a silo general store off to the right. You can see there's like a Creekside Tavern uh, over here. Uh, and then you can see what looks like this small municipal building, which is which has a has like a, a what looks like a law enforcement vehicle parked out front, like this uh, like an old Ford Bronco, but it's got. Uh, got lights over top of it, and you can see uh, there are a handful of people milling about here and there. Uh, some um, like in parking lots, some kind of lingering outside of like a gas station or two, something like that. And it's on the surface, it seems fairly normal, but as you start peering a little further, you very clearly see every one of these buildings has suffered some very severe damage. Like you can see roofing tiles missing. You can see half sides of a roof caved in. You can see some people uh, on like one lot where a whole wall uh, of, a, of a home you think has fallen in and they're all kind of like cleaning out rubble. You see a little bit further down one off street and you can see like a, like a kind of undulating hill road satellite kind of goes down and it looks like a whole house is completely gone. Like it's just, it's almost like you're driving through the Midwest. Uh, I would say Lisa as a FEMA operator, like you would probably be like this, this looks to you very much like you've, you're arriving post uh, major calamity. And the thing is like, no one's really talking about this on the news. This isn't popping up anywhere. And when you guys look up in the sky, it's clear. It's, it's evening. It's not quite evening. It's maybe four o'clock or so. Uh, but you see the sun, you know, it's still up. Everything's kind of still bright out. There's definitely water on the ground suggests that there's been rain sometime recently. Um, and this is what you see as you kind of pass by. What do you guys do? Open. I open it up to you. I would turn to Lisa and say, hey, FEMA, where's your crew? You just have to rub that in, don't you? Just continue to dig at it. Rub what in? Uh, I wasn't. Do you? She turns to Fuller. He never listens to me. I told him a couple missions ago I got fired. Uh, long oh. story. I'll oh. fill you in later. You were um, fired? Okay. Yes. Uh, but it is bizarre that there is no one here. And it's so clear after it looks like this is. This is weird. Yes, yes, for sure. Um, so it seems like we're in a small town uh, and four of us coming in from nowhere. We should probably have a bit of a cover story about how it is we landed here because this isn't exactly a uh, tourist destination. No. Um, she says no one around. We, we don't see people. Oh, you saw people. There, there's some okay. people that are kind of coming and going from a general store or from the diner or from the ta like a Creekside Tavern. Um, you see there's cars here and there. Uh, you can definitely tell some cars have been damaged. Uh, you can see in a field 
not too far away, your alertness and such is so high. There is literally an upturned car just in the middle of a meadow. Uh, it just looks like some old Geo Metro from like the 90s. It's just flipped over on its side. Um, and you can see, again, there's people kind of like working on like repairing a patch, like trying to patch a roof or trying to clean up rubble. And like down one street, you saw a whole house, like a, a lot for a house. It's just pure rubble, like a tornado just dropped down on top of it, right? Um, so those types of things. But it, it definitely looks like there's people around cleaning, milling, you know, milling about, doing stuff, uh, repairing things, etc. So it's not it's not a ghost town. Cover story's easy. We're insurance adjusters. That's certainly an option. Uh, does somebody call us? Look around. The town's destroyed. Someone around here has insurance. That works. I think we should probably split up, though. I don't know that we all want to travel as a four-pack here. Yeah, that seems I was thinking about intense. Heading over to the diner, if anybody wants to join me. Uh, I'm famished. I'm down. Rice, how about we see if the constable's on? Sounds good. All right. Uh, so you guys split off a bit, park your car. Everything's kind of within walking distance of each other. Uh, you've got Fuller, Weaver. You head over to the diner. Uh, someone opens, holds the door open for you. You see a kind of an old, like a man and maybe, uh, I mean, we'll say like probably is like, 50s or so uh kind of hold the door open like ladies i let let you all go through go first when you come in there is a smiling uh kind of overweight like 60s 70s maybe older uh black woman behind uh the counter uh and she's like pouring coffee for this and there's a handful of folks in here there's like it's a very classic diner you got a handful of stools these kind of red uh red cushions and you got a handful of uh, a booth is you could probably only fit maybe you know 25 30 people in here in total but there's maybe a fifth of that uh and as you come come in like she's pouring she looks at it's like welcome to mabel's go ahead and sit wherever you ever you want go right ahead and, and it's like i'll be ready to you one second kind of calls Thank out you. to you and uh do you sit at the counter you sit at a booth where do you want to go what place seems like it would be easiest to kind of eavesdrop on everybody in the building? It's it's really it's not very big uh, in linoleum floors. Voices kind of echo. You definitely don't want to have a, a, a like a, a meeting with Ronnie in here, like doing a debrief. <laughs> like, voices are going to echo. Uh, you do hear uh, there is there is like a light music. Uh, it looks it's like kind of gospel country kind of going off a little bit here and there, but it's faint. Um, but counter it's sort of up to you really yeah that works right. okay you sit up on the counter um and she comes on over and she's like what can i get you two girls you uh you hungry you need some coffee what, what can i do for you and she kind of hands over uh what are you know, these laminated menus uh and you can see it just kind of goes through extremely generic diner fare like everything in here, like you got you got sandwiches essentially that are kind of there, but you also have a handful of like actual like 
like diner platters and stuff. Uh, and she's just kind of, well, what can I do for y'all? Y'all look like you're out of town. She's just passing through. Did you take the 61? What, what's your special out? for the day? Special for the day? <laughs> special for the day? Darling, you must, what are you, you from Charlotte or something? We ain't got no specials right here. Everything's special. I make everything special. What's oh, your I favorite could... item on the menu? Favorite item? Well, do you you go around asking a mama what her favorite child is? You go, <laughs> I don't think so. No, no, no. They're all very good. Everything in here is good. I guarantee it. All right. And then, so Lisa orders something like a basic club, fries, whatever. Okay. And uh, a coffee. Oh, I have that for you right quick. No problem, dear. No problem. You, ma'am? Uh, cheeseburger. Cheeseburger. You got that. No problem. You want some fries with that, like your friend here? Oh, I'm uh, sorry. Are you two more than friends? Uh, no. Thank you. Oh, okay. Well, that's fine if you are. Just I don't mind. Appreciate it. Uh, yes, yeah, so I'll take some fries. Thank you. Okay. I'll be right back. And she kind of heads on out and she starts cooking here and there. And you can see there's a handful of folks in here. Seem to be everyone kind of minding them. A couple people here and there milling, talking. Like, um, you guys probably have high enough alertness, like what you're really kind of hearing. Um, actually, if you want to do a roll, we can, we can do a roll. Let me, let me, let me check your alertness house. Lisa, you got a 24. Mm-hmm. Sandy or Agent Fuller, 40. you got a 40. Um, okay. Well, you hear, um, okay, with a 40, I would say you overhear a couple of folks um, talking about how, re- like, like there were three buildings destroyed, uh, like just kind of got got wrecked down. So like, and like, like you hear like the guy who who kind of opened the door and let you in. Kind of sits down next to another fellow that was up on the counter, and he kind of slides on down. He takes his hat off, puts it down, and he's like, "Y'all here? Y'all hear this?" And he's not talking to you all; he's talking to his friend. He's like, "Another one, witch's roost came. That's one, and then, uh, well, and like he kind of gets this really sad sort of look on his face. He's like, "That Croft fella, Croft House went down." And they're like, no, really? The Croft House? Oh, man, that's terrible. And nothing ain't the half of it. Diane was in it. Yeah, yeah. I talked to old, uh, heard from Clayton. He said she didn't make it. So, so terrible. Oh, that's, that's all. Well, Harold, well, where's Harold? Well, that's the thing. Harold's out of town. He, uh, he had to go up to Charlotte, get some sort of medical thing done, something his ticker ain't working quite right. So they got him on monitoring. Well, this is down near going to go ahead and break it, don't you think? That poor old woman. She was such a sweetheart. Oh, goodness. Goodness gracious. Goodness gracious. I just... Most of the time, Diane goes off there with them, too. But this time, she had to stick back with all the weather problems and stuff she having. She wanted to fix the shed out back and such. So, like, Harold said, no, go, go, go. And, yeah, it's a damn shame. Damn shame it is. Is that two now? Like, I believe it's two. And you got like this sort of like back and forth mm-hmm. conversation between the two of them. And the gist is, is that you three buildings seem to have been destroyed recently. Uh, and it sounds like a woman was in one of them that just that was destroyed. Well, 
cut over towards Agent Inferno and Agent Price. You park in the parking lot of this municipal building, plenty of parking, lots of like, there's lots of debris everywhere. And it's not just house debris, it's like vegetation. You see tree branches, leaves, bushes that have just been uprooted. You can definitely tell there's medians where like bushes have, have been ripped up out and they're just like, there's just sod and dirt. Uh, but the two of you are here. So what's the plan for the two of you as you pull into this municipal building, you park, what do you want to do? Take the lead, Luca. Let's go see if he's in. Uh, okay, you go inside. It's a very, very small room. Uh, you can see that there are two desks and there is a jail cell. This looks like something out of a Western. Uh, it's it's very clean. Uh, bowls and boards and stuff everywhere. There is, uh, on one of the desks, there appears to be a computer that's likely from the 90s. It's very, very old. It's like this big old CRT kind of monitor. Um, and there's no one in any of the cells. Currently, There's like basically two. Actually, no, there'd be only one cell. No one in the cell. Uh, but you do see there is one person inside. Uh, you can see an old man. Uh, you could probably put him in his 60s or so. He's in uniform, this sort of blue uh, official uniform. He's got a little badge and such. Uh, he's got like a kind of a Tom Skerritt kind of mustache there. And he's like, he's on the phone. Um, and you, you can't quite tell he was talking to you, but you're like, I know. You. Listen, that's the... They keep happening. I don't understand. Well, sir, 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 we've got two dead bodies. We've got two people die. This is something. I know. I. We don't. A climatologist, a meteorologist. I. Sure. Yep. I'll hold. And it kind of looks up. Yep. Oh, knock on the door. What can I do for you? What can I do for you, gentlemen? Been dispatched in town. Are you busy? <laughs> I am. Uh, uh, I am busy. Yes. Are you? Uh, you them? Uh, you them scientists? We're here to help. Climb? Oh, you are. You from? Oh, okay, you from? Oh, thank goodness. Listen, it's good. Nice. Uh, well, hell with them. You're here, and he kind of hangs up the phone. Ah, oh, uh, it's just. I apologize for the state of things. Uh, he kind of stands up, kind of wipes his hands off a little bit, and you can see like a little smudge of something comes off and kind of extends a hand. Uh, he's like, uh, uh, Clayton, uh, uh, Constable Clayton here. You can just call me Clay. It's fine. Oh, God, it's good to see y'all. Um, you're all you're from a university. Uh, I said you might be able to answer some questions about what's happening around here. Is that right? Right. You can call me Inferno. This is Price. <laughs> <laughs> y'all, y'all serious? Y'all, y'all put, is Eli playing, getting you to play a joke on me Does again? it sound like a joke? <laughs> Inferno and Price, son, I'm sorry to say, kind of sounds, uh, y'all serious, aren't you? I I apologize, my my apologies, my apologies. Uh, <laughs> I'll never understand uh, naming conventions and such, it's just, I'm just, I'm used to something a little bit more traditional. No, no I'm, I'm self a doctor. Uh, you, you, doctor, right? Is that correct? Professor? What, 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 what's the proper terminology here? Call him doctor. I'm professor. Uh, 
Well, okay. Uh, doctor, professor, Dr. Inferno, Professor Price. Okay. Uh, well, no, you got that backwards. It's Professor Inferno and Dr. Price. I beg your pardon again. I'm making a fool of myself. I apologize. I, I don't have much help. Uh, it has been, well, it has, uh, it has been a very rough week and a half, my friends. Uh, it's, uh, I haven't really been getting a whole, uh, a whole lot of sleep. Uh, Mrs. hasn't seen me, though she's probably kind of happy about that, to be honest with you. It's just, it's time, and people are getting kind of, well, nervous and such, and a handful of storms are one thing, but when you start tearing down homes and such, and <laughs> when people start dying, <laughs> it's, I don't know if y'all are from a small town, but I'm not trying to, to you know, to, to, to belittle or downplay deaths anywhere, but well, everyone kind of knows a little bit of everyone around here. If you don't know them personally, you know of them. And it's just, it's just terrible. It's just absolutely terrible. Any, anyhow, so where do y'all want to get started? How does this work? Why don't you pretend like we don't know anything? Just start us from the beginning. How many death, deaths have there been? Well, we just confirmed it this morning. That's their second. Yeah, we, yeah. Uh, he sent body along, sent it on over to a county medical examiner's session. There's a hotel, or excuse me, there's a hospital about 45 minutes yonder. But that was the second one. That was Diana Croft. Uh, the sad thing is, is her husband's at the, you know, he's out of town. Uh, he, it's going to be, it's going to break his heart. They're retired out here and. You know, oh, oh, they've been here for quite some time. In fact, they're family. They got roots here in, in Silo. And she was a nurse in the city for a bit. And, and uh, oh, we all loved her so much. So much. We don't really have a hospital in town. We got a clinic. And uh, she would volunteer down there all the time. So it's just absolutely terrible. And that was a, that was a very sad thing to wake up to this morning, I, I must say. And a couple days back was a... Three days, three days prior was today. It's today, it's today Thursday, on Monday. Hell, old Crispin Hart, that old weird fella. Yeah, he, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's kind of a strange one, but I sure wish, I sure wish he was here. I can't say he and I were were friends. We saw it eye on stuff, but I will say, uh. It's tragedies, what it is. Uh, you might have seen the down the road there, up on the hill, big old empty lot. There's all that kind of debris and such up on the road. That used to be Witch's Roost. Um, I guess you can say it's uh, Silo's only museum. At least that's what he called it. Though honestly, it was. I don't know how he made any money. As he he lived in the second floor, really. Just the first floor was all the museums such and everything and no one really went there except probably folks like yourself that you know are here for various reasons or passing through or this or that but but he passed away uh, bruce got taken out and once people started hearing about the bruce getting taken out and old crispin going down and well then you get the stories this and that and everything don't live in a small town is what I'm saying. Superstitious people. They get scared. They get nervous. And they make up all sorts of strange stories it is. So 
Basic gist You're saying people is, around here actually believe in witches? Well, there's no reason to be rude about that, mister. I'm not going to call into question your beliefs. I'm not going to say that I subscribe to them either. I am a man who prefers logical explanations over superstitions, but I do... Uh, I do make sure when someone uh, when someone sneezes, I say bless you, and uh, you know, and uh, I have the misfortune to uh, you know to, to knock over some salt. Went over in Mabel's. I'll throw a little bit over my shoulder, and I'm not ashamed to say so. Nothing wrong with that. Everyone's got their own superstitions, sir. I think there's a bit of a jump between some knocked over salt and belief in witches. <laughs> I understand. What you're saying, I'm, I don't believe in any of that nonsense myself. I'm just saying, uh, be careful with the attitude there. You're already behind the eight ball, so to speak, being an outsider with that kind of attitude. Folks kind of clam up on you a little bit here and there. Now, anyhow, we are getting a little bit off off topic here. It's honestly, that really got, that's got nothing to do with anything. The real issue, it's the weather, sir. It ain't tornadoes, it's like storms just to kind of pop up out of nowhere. Like, it's it's bright as day. How, how long y'all been here? You, 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 just, you just get here? Just, just get rolled in. <laughs> if you were here an hour ago, you look outside, the sky would have been, well, would have been black as asphalt. And the rain would have been pouring down, wind ripping through everything, and then <sighs> the scream. <laughs> the scream. Now, I admit... I might, to some, have a very cushy law enforcement gig. We don't have a lot of their, your, your gun runners and your drug pushers that they do back in the city over in Charlotte and whatnot, but I haven't heard a scream like that. Quite sound like someone was dying is what it was. And maybe someone was. I don't know. But it was a little bit terrifying. I didn't hear it the first time it happened a week ago, but it's happened. Let's hope it ends. Anyhow. So these storms, they pop up fast and they're small? Oh, they pop up fast, they hit hard, and then they stop. And that's that. And the sky just suddenly is fine again. Now, Do they cover the whole town? They cover the whole town, yes, indeed. And a little bit of surrounds up into the hills, off into the forest. Uh, I think uh, pretty much on over to old, uh, he's like kind of pointing around. He's kind of mentioned a few places here and there. Like it's not just like the town itself, like all the neighborhoods and stuff, probably out towards Boone River, up to the hills and the station, uh, all that kind of around here. Just a little bit over, more than the town itself. Yes, sir. It's wind, lightning, rain. <laughs> wind, Lightning, rain, absolutely all three high quantities, each one of them. And it's not like the lightning and the thunder even kind of work. You know, you know, when you're a kid and they tell you how to count, <laughs> it don't count properly either. Now, I'm not an expert. That's why we called y'all in. I'm not an expert, but when I see the lightning, I count one Mississippi, two Mississippi. There's something like that, right? And that tells you how far. Well, it ain't working that way, son. It ain't working that way at all. Mrs. Crawford, live alone. Uh, well, no, no, Miss Miss Crawford, she, uh, Miss Croft, she, uh, she's married, old Harold. Uh, but he's, uh, he's off in the city. He's off in Charlotte. He's got a, well, he had a, he had a triple bypass uh, earlier this year, and he's been having some complications uh, here and there, and he had, has to do some checkups from time to time. So 
a lot of those times because the drive they stays overnight and stuff usually diane would go with them but well yeah, you know, she hung around, tried to help out a neighbor or two, had some problems with the shed or this or that, things falling apart and everything. She's just trying to be neighborly, and a couple folks got hurt, and we don't want one of our best nurses kind of up and leaving the town. So she hung around, and, well, God-fearing woman, she, uh, she passed. Can you give us permission for her home? We have equipment, and we can do readings around it. Well, if y'all want to do it, go right ahead. There ain't much left of it. Just a big old pile of junk at this point. It's the walls and the roof came down. I think half the roof's off in the field. But yeah, y'all, welcome to it. No problem at all. More than I can show you where it is if you like. Yeah, of course. We we also brought a expert medical, like a medical expert. If you can give oh. us permission to see her herself. Oh, well, fantastically. Oh, yeah, we get, we have a few injured folk here and there. The clinic's getting a little overrun. You know, could definitely use a bit of a hand, absolutely. Well, come on, um, come on, boys. I'll go ahead and give you a ride. And he kind of starts leading you out, grabs a, literally, a kind of like a cowboy hat, puts it on, and kind of picks up this big old thing of keys and pushes the door open. And that's when the two of you, uh, you just watch as the sky just starts going... This, wind just starts whipping around and around you start seeing all the trees begin to bend and like and and it's almost like it's time lapse this relatively blue sky turns gray and then dark gray and then black there's a cackle of lightning uh that just sort of crosses the sky this booming bit of thunder that causes uh all of the all of the tires and stuff to sort of shake up you see the the actual uh, cars themselves, the Bronco and your uh, your Toyota just sort of pop up here and there. And you hear him just, oh, here it comes, boys, here it comes. And he's kind of holding on to his hat and he's like kind of like grabbing on to the Bronco itself. And then you guys hear. And that's where we'll go ahead and end for tonight. Oh, my gosh. All right. What the storm alarm you guys got here? <laughs> <laughs> All right. There we, we made go. it to North Carolina. North Carolina. Y'all ready for that storm surge? What's that? What's that? <laughs> Y'all ready for that storm surge? <laughs> All right. Well, there we go. There we go. Uh, hey. We're off. We're running. And... Uh, Y'all doing okay? Was that fun? Good start? I'm yeah, yeah, good. Oh, it was yeah. great. Nice, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. nice to be back, starting up a brand new one. This is good. I'm feeling good. I'm feeling good. Uh, all right. Let's, um, I hope that, I think that came, that should have came through on Twitch. You guys might have had it clip a bit on Zoom, but it should have came through on them with the way I have my mic set up. So we'll see. Uh, let's do some closing plugs and we'll get on, get on out of here. Uh, let's, uh. Let's see what's up next. Next is tomorrow. We got uh, we got Call of Cthulhu. You can see the same crew here, and then we add a my tray, so we make it my tray times better. Uh, and you can come watch us uh, hanging out in Savannah, doing some stuff down there. Another storm, uh, but uh, we'll see how this uh, how that one plays out. Then uh, Monday we should be back to Monster of the Week. It's been a while since we played that one, so we get back into our golf course uh, monster 
thing that we got going oh, on. Oh, that's right. Right, that's we're, right. We're on golf course. The golf course. Yeah. <laughs> that was all. That was for Chuck. Oh, so good. Uh, and then Tuesday, Steve, what we got going on, on Tuesday? We're playing more Marvel Multiverse. Why do I have so much trouble saying that every time? Uh, previous episode was pretty zany and goofy in Mojo World, but we'll be getting back to the main story. Fingers crossed. Uh, this session. Mm-hmm. Uh, so check out the YouTube and, uh, see that last episode so you can be caught up. Fantastic. And then, uh, and then Thursday we got, uh, Werewolf the Apocalypse, uh, as we are continuing our, uh, our campaign there as well, Chronicle. And then obviously go ahead and check out the YouTube page. You can find all our games. Uh, you can also catch our Fried Empire game, our Warhammer Wrath and Glory game. Both of them are also going on alternating on Mondays and Fridays. And then, well, bunch of other stuff that we've been playing over the past couple of years we're very excited about 2024 we got some some games that we played before in store we got some brand new stuff in store uh so hopefully it's gonna be a really big and fun year we'll be back in two more weeks uh with more delta green and we'll see what's going on in this here town uh we're gonna raid our friends over at the defenders of cobalt looks like they're playing a uh, mouse ritter one shot uh which is awesome mouse Ritter is a really cool game into the odd riff uh so we'll catch y'all later have a good rest of your night bye-bye <laughs>